Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Movie Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hey, what's up? Good to oh. hear from you. Oh, you know. What's up is down. What's dog is cat. What's right is left. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot happening. How are, how are you doing, Gene? I haven't seen you in person in a while. Longer yeah, than just, usual. Just been trekking along. I'm eating a lot of bread lately. Garlic bread. Too many making... carbs. No, I gotta I gotta maintain my my chunk for when I get out of here. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna get cold at night. But you know, that's just this is how we roll in the mm-hmm. waffle press because we're named after food. Who is not named after food with their very own podcast show channel network all of the above is good friend of the show and of us in real life, PJ Campbell. How are you, my friend? Oh, man, it's good to be back, number one. It's been a little while. Um, I'm surviving, man, kind of like you guys. It's been so long since I've actually seen you, and I'm just kind of going crazy, feeling isolated inside mm-hmm. my house. I'm starting to feel like fucking Dan, you know, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining, where it's like, eventually I'm just going to get an axe and start chasing the dogs around the, the house, I think. But, you know. Don't do that. No, you know, just... It's it's been a it's been a thing, man. And like I'm trying not to eat because before all this started, I had like just gone back to the gym and I've been working out and like I'd been doing so well and I'd lost a bunch of weight and now I'm like, well, that bag of Cheetos looks good. <laughs> so oh God, yeah. you know, like, I, I I'm fighting that. But, but right now is yeah. the time for comfort food, I think. Yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. If we all come out of this are, a little heavier. Yeah. Are the dogs okay? They, uh, they're good. They're happy to have me home, but I also think that they would rather I was out at a bar at least once a week or something. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're tired of seeing me. <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, they're staring at me right now. They're very cute. They're trying to be very calm. They, uh, they had the cops called on them this morning, so we're doing great. Oh, no. Oh, what? Were they loud or were uh, they arguing? Uh, no, they were outside playing in the backyard like normal dogs do, and apparently one of our neighbors was like, we need to call the cops. This is disruptive. And it was like 11 in the morning. Wow. Wow. And then these corgis were like, fuck blue lives. Anyways. <laughs> no, the, the, the dude was actually real nice. I'll tell you that much at least. I mean, that's, it's a good, that's uh, good. Uh, good. The, the cop looked at me and he goes, I can't believe I have to do this. Dogs are going to be dogs, but I have to actually like show up. Oh, is this well, your dog? He was, yeah. Glad he wasn't like, is this your dog, sir? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we managed to avoid that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all still here in the hell world, but uh, we have each other and we got to be good to each other while we're here. So yeah. Wash your fucking hands. Stay inside if you can. Play with your pets if you got them. Uh, call your loved ones. Say, say hello uh, and see what they've been up to. And that's what we're kind of doing on this Hangouts episode, seeing what PJ's up to. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, the, the PJ Campbell Network and what, what's going on over there? I, I might have popped over for a little bit the other week but, yeah um, you might have popped in while we were doing one of our watch alongs um it's actually something i had been working on with pat hogue and frank janish my two co-hosts on the pj campbell show we've been working on it since like last year and things kind of got murky for me in the middle of the year so i didn't really the everything with the channel basically just like stopped dead and i didn't want to podcast i didn't want to do anything i was dealing with myself and like trying to find myself again Mm-hmm. And so then the world stopped this month 
and I was feeling better about things, and my mind has been so much clearer the last month or two. And I went, you know what? This is a perfect time to actually like look back at all the stuff we were talking about doing, and let's make a channel. Like we were already doing the podcast, let's take it to the next level. Like let's do a week's worth of content every, you know, every day, and we could like bring people entertainment during the quarantine because shit sucks right now. Like we are in the darkest timeline. Dan Harmon had all those jokes in community and it turned out it was true. <laughs> and so what we're doing um, every Sunday, I do my podcast, which we host live, which is the PJ Campbell show, which is kind of like this. We hang out, we talk about kind of whatever. Uh, when we came back, Hogue and I had Maxwell Haddad, who is also a friend of everyone here. And one of my very closest friends, um, we had him call in from New York mm -hmm. to catch up with him. And, Every night at 7 p.m. PST and 10 p.m. EST, there's something going on on the PJ Campbell Network, which is on YouTube. Uh, we do movie watch-alongs on Mondays and Fridays. Every Monday, it's an animated film, and every Friday, it's a cult classic of some sort. Mm. So we're just, like, revisiting stuff that's on Netflix for you guys to watch with us and have commentaries and hang out and have a good time and, you know, just talk about stuff that doesn't normally necessarily get looked at. Um then we have another show on Tuesdays called Famous Last Words with Evan DeGraff. Evan is one of the channel's hosts, and he's basically doing one-on-one -on -one interviews with people in the space. And it's pretty fun. It's kind of nice. Uh, Wednesday nights, we are going to be alternating between a show called Suddenly Soundtracks and another show called Something Rotten. Something Rotten is the brainchild of Frank Janish and I, where we literally only review rotten rated films on Rotten Tomatoes and like try to give them a second look because people write stuff off so easily. But you don't realize like how many of your favorite movies are actually probably rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and you never even thought about it. So it's about trying to like essentially take a system that is a really great tool and trying to deconstruct it. And be like, just because something says it's rotten and has like a little green splatter next to it doesn't necessarily make it bad. Mm. Because that's the conversation that I think a lot of people miss when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the other show on Wednesdays is, an, is called Suddenly Soundtracks. And we literally break down Broadway musicals and albums and like talk song to song about the show and each beat of the story and the songs and just kind of like breaking things down and it's really really fun um the thursday night after is either a commentary with frank and myself talking about a movie that's related to the something rotten and then another watch along with chris clark where they watch the musical or a adaptation of the musical mm -hmm. and then uh saturday nights is what we call family game night and we literally play games for like two hours on a stream we hang out with the chat we talk about bullshit and we have a good time so literally monday sunday through saturday we are trying to do two hours worth of content to literally fill your time to try to get you through the quarantine and so that it feels like you're hanging out with people like you can be in the chat talking with us because we're live and you may not necessarily like be playing or watching the thing with us but you're hanging out with people and it's not even physically but you're there, you're having a good time, and we interact with you, and we're hoping to just give some sort of semblance of sanity. Yeah. And I do like sanity, and mm -hmm. uh, you helped a lot with that. We, we're obviously in contact quite often, because oh, yeah. both of you are, are good friends of mine, mm -hmm. and so it's uh, it's just nice to check in with people once in a while, and I think it's really great that you're doing that. Uh, 
I was only there for the the Scott Pilgrim uh, uh, watch, which was uh, just in the comments for a little bit. I couldn't stick around for the whole thing, but that was tons of fun. And uh, Gene and I were talking about the show, <laughs> about this movie before we started the show. Uh, you just did Onward, uh, yep. which yeah. kind of got released at the worst time in human yeah. history. Uh, for a movie. That movie could not have had maybe the worst <laughs> luck out this side of New Mutants. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I wasn't a fan, but I just feel bad for everything that came out, like, the weekend, the world was like, we need to stop everything. Well, I, I, I'm gonna say like, this, like, between that, The Hunt, and The Way Back, mm-hmm. Onward, and The Way Back, I'm like, man, I'm really glad at least I got to see those in theaters before the world ended. If we, if the theaters never reopen after all this, if The Hunt is the last movie I saw, I'm gonna be really pissed. <laughs> Well, the the for me, I think I talked about it last time on the show. I saw Come and See, which is like this horrifying war drama that will just like change your point of view on life. That's the last thing I saw, and it's like legitimately probably the greatest film ever made. But I, I, it is also like the least comfortable movie to watch before it starts to actually feel like the world is ending. <laughs> so whatever, yes. you know. Uh, we're not here to talk about depressing things. We're here to talk about exciting things. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we, we're doing on the channel right now, on uh, the Waffle Press. And then we're going to go a little bit into what we're watching recently. And the best mm-hmm. feel-good movies, which a lot of people responded to on Twitter, so thank you for that. And maybe movies that make you feel good that aren't really designed to make you feel good. Just your weird little happy places. Uh, so on the channel, Gene, you did a retrospective on Star Trek Picard for its entire yes. first season. Hopping around... Yeah at various points and uh i don't know if you want to give us a little quick thoughts on the season and uh what to expect from that conversation yeah the uh star trek Picard was uh a little bumpy at first um it took them a while to find their footing but i think they eventually found it i mean there's some really uh cheerworthy moments towards the later half like episode six and onward and um you know i have uh, we got on some pretty good tre- trekkers on and uh they made a lot of uh reference a lot of uh good points and references to uh stuff that um that happened in the next generation and that really connected it because um you know i was hosting it and i i haven't seen all the next generation um series so yeah it's uh definitely really um you know really good to like listen all the way through if uh, you were missing some of the references that they make in the show the previous series and this is the uh, the official sequel to Star Trek Nemesis, which I never yeah. expected to ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested in checking that out uh, eventually. And of course, I'm, I'm doing the Happy Amblin retrospective, uh, which is still going on. The Close Encounters episode is almost out. Nefarious forces at work throughout the universe seem to mm-hmm. have me at bay, but it, it's still coming. Um, yeah. Check out the Poltergeist episode. And by the time this is up, uh, Matt and I figured something else out because... Every Halloween, we do a John Carpenter retrospective for one of mm-hmm. his films, and obviously the big one is, like, The Thing. Everyone talks about The Thing, and we were basically talking uh, prior to this that, like, we'll never do a retrospective on The Thing, just because there's... <laughs> what else is there to say, like, if you're going to do, like, a beat-by-beat beat retrospective of the movie? You know The Thing. Everyone loves The Thing, basically. So instead... Last minute, Matt had an idea to do a commentary track for the thing. So at the time Ooh. of release of this episode, you can go over to the Patreon. Uh, I'm going to make it available for any tier of the Patreon, every tier of the Patreon. Uh, just if you can help us out right now, and you'll get early access to the thing commentary for your uh, your quarantine. 
events. So that's my, my little gift to, to all you. You know what's amazing about that is the very first we have this cinema down here in Tucson called The Loft, and they're like a small indie theater. They kind of remind me of the Egyptian. I love mm-hmm. it up to bits. They have the best programming. The weekend I moved down here, the very first movie I saw when I came when I got here was a midnight revival screening of the thing. Ooh. Oh, so good. So I would never seen it on the big screen. It was finally my chance to. And now I have to go and rewatch it because I got to listen to this commentary. Yeah, yeah. So check it out, everyone. It'll be available for everyone soon. Just mm-hmm. uh, Patreon listeners will get it much sooner. And it was a very uh, cathartic quarantine film. <laughs> and uh, there was an explanation Matt gave me that I was like, because it's like alien to me where I'm like, yeah, it was love at first sight. Like, I'm not scared of anything, even though I was scared of movies really easily as a kid. I wasn't scared mm-hmm. of anything in the film. Then something was explained to me and just made like my brain snap. And I was like, oh, no, this is now the scariest film ever made. So go go check it out. Um, yeah. What what else are we watching recently, PJ? What what are you watching? Uh, or what can you, what, what do you want to tee up before we get into what we're watching? What do you what do you want to tee up next for your watch along? So we're actually doing Tremors tomorrow night, which I'm like stupid excited about. Uh, we're gonna actually have the movie trivia schmodown, inner geekdom champion of the world, will, will Kevin Smith. Be... Oh, okay, very exciting. But really quick, will that be? tomorrow as in friday or saturday because this is going up oh, friday morning no so it'll already be up it'll so it's tomorrow mm-hmm. night uh for us right now which is friday okay. so it was yesterday for everyone listening because i just confused the audience uh we so y- we will have done that and then on monday we're actually doing a goofy movie for the 25th anniversary hey <laughs> uh, actually really love and that's the movie where my nickname came from so i have a soft spot for it <gasps> Uh, and it explains so much i know but i've been watching a lot of scrubs to be honest uh bill lawrence there's something about like it kind of being my happy place because i've never had a show that understood my the way my brain works quite the way that jd's and mine do like i have the same weird day visions and things like that and so i kind of have this kindred spirit with that show and it's it's a show that is also very real so like it can be very very funny but it also has no problem like delving into what life feels like a lot of the time and kind of right now it's the perfect things can suck but they will get better sort of thing so i've really been watching a lot of that and then like just random kind of whatever like obviously we did the scott pilgrim watch along i already watched all the tremors films again leading back up to our watch along because i wanted to revisit all of them and that includes like the latest two sequels that came out over the like last five years. Yeah, isn't there like nine sequels? There's currently five sequels, but there's okay. supposed to be a sixth coming out in October. Oh wow! Is it so, still going to come out in October? <laughs> I mean, at this point, probably not. I mean, yeah. it, I have no idea. Those movies aren't shot very, like over very long, and I'm they don't really use all that much in the way of special effects at this point. Like you know, they're basically just cheesy B movies that Universal rolls out for like a million bucks at a pop. So I assume that it's probably been finished at least on a shooting side. I don't know about the post, but okay. you know, I, I love those movies. Tremors is like maybe the last great B monster film. That's a truly original monster film. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it gets nearly enough love. And there's just something like, I think it's the one direct video series that has stayed pretty consistently good across the board. I know that Andy Comer, our like really great friend <laughs> of the show, yeah. he loves them as much as I do. Yeah, I, I love the 
first sequel. I'm not crazy <laughs> about three or four, but I don't dislike them. Like the concept is just so perfect, you know? Oh, totally. And well, uh, I, I, I'm interested in checking them out eventually, even though uh-huh. they have Jamie Kennedy. Dude, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. Tremors 5 is almost on the level of Tremors 2. And I never wow. thought I'd say that. And Tremors 2 was so good that it was supposed to, it almost got a theatrical release, even though it was made director video. Wow. Okay. Well, that's hyping it up for me. Uh, I'm going to read some other happy place mentions from people. Uh, really quick, at this movie speaks Oceans 11, 13, Scott Pilgrim versus yeah. the World. There you go, PJ. Hot Fuzz, The Last Jedi. I'm pretty sure Knives Out will become one too. So oh, basically definitely. anything from Soderbergh, Wright, or Johnson, I guess? Question mark? Um, not bad choices, though. I, I really love that Oceans trilogy. I didn't see Oceans 12 there, but we're going to just talk, chalk that up to a not a correct error. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Mirden Girl, uh, The Runaways, Girl Interrupted, Anne of mm-hmm. Thousand Days, Roman Holiday, Chinese Box, Sense and Sensibility. What an interesting list for that one. Like I know I never hear people talking about Roman Holiday. I love that movie, so no like no shade. I'm just surprised to hear that. I have only seen the runaways from this list, so I'm a fake film fan. I'm a fake cinephile. I but mean, I like the runaways. I mean, there's only one fake film fan, and that's Mike Messina, because he keeps pretending Jason X isn't his favorite movie. Oh, yeah, we have that like on file somewhere. I know we do. <laughs> uh Gene, what's a happy place movie for you? Uh, for me, yeah, um, I have uh, s- several that are just really random. Um, one would make you happy, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Terminator 2 gives you a good uh, good cry at the end, cathartic cry. Yeah. Um, it makes you, that one makes you optimistic for the future at the end, which yeah. is needed. <laughs> that and Dark Fate. Dark Fate to a point, too. Yeah, Dark Fate. Yeah, I I liked Dark Fate. I was not kind to that leading up to release, and mm-hmm. I I I will gladly eat crow over how wrong I was about that movie. I I liked it very much. Now, if only the rest of the internet could lead by your example. <laughs> I mean, like, like okay, look, it's not great. I'm not saying it's amazing. I'm just saying it's not nearly a train wreck either. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Compared to the other sequels, I'm like, no, this is clearly the best one. Like, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a solid movie with a lot of good ideas, and that that's that's where the series should have gone like immediately. If that was yeah. Terminator Three from the get go, th- this franchise is a different story, you know. Totally better than that McGee movie. <laughs> no, Salvation's the other direction. Those are literally the two directions the franchise needed to go in, and then they kind of botched one in the filmmaking aspect and then the other one just botched it in the box office mm-hmm. we're, we're leaving out the future or yeah we're also leaving out the obvious third answer to all of this and that's the sarah connor chronicles oh, oh yeah okay. yeah i forgot about that okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna play coy here and just say like i stand by my my statement that those were the two options sarah connor chronicles is like someone came from the future to give them that idea because it was too good of a show. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that, that is, show was way ahead of its time. I, if you know what, that is a happy place thing. I'll tell. I, I will say that, and it's a very easy watch. It sucks. It ends on a cliffhanger. But if you've <laughs> never actually seen it, mm-hmm. I would sit down with those two seasons during the quarantine because it's a very quick, easy watch, and it's freaking great. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If you really want to bend over backwards to not make it like an unhappy ending with a cliffhanger 
pretend it leads into salvation. It doesn't fit <laughs> exactly. It's okay. kind of like trying to put a circle into a square hole. Right. Um, can't believe that but those, you can kind yeah. of make it work. Can't believe that movie and that TV show existed at the same time. Yeah, well, salvation's what like ma- like basically made them go like, nah, we're done. Yeah. And of course, it was like crazy expensive. There's fucking Terminators on it every week. <laughs> I still remember very early on when the pilot for that actually leaked online before it was supposed to. And so Ooh. I saw it months before it was actually supposed to air because it had leaked online. And I remember everyone was going to be like everyone online was already sharpening their knives and they were ready to hate it. And a bunch of us watched the pilot and it was not completely finished, but I watched it and I went, you know what? Nah, this actually might be the best version of Terminator that we could have expected post T2 in a long yeah. time. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> Such a bummer. Yeah, I was just going to finish up the list. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Gene. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you know, you're good. I'm not mad. No, th- this is how this usually goes. You're, you're good. We're all uh, good uh, Flash Gordon. Great. <laughs> Love that. Love everything about it. The bad acting, the good acting, the music, especially the music. Um, Last Crusade. Of course. Almost mm-hmm. Famous. Almost Famous is, is is a good happy place, yeah. Yeah. Um, Check out the episode on the, the, the podcast, of course. Uh, Spaceballs and Tron Legacy. Those are Tron Legacy movies. fucking rules. Yeah. A lot of mine lately, like outside of just the stuff I've been watching for the shows, like I've been going back to Waterworld and mm-hmm. The Rocketeer. Oh, great. Uh, which I love so much. The Kevin Smith's basically entire filmography at this point is just like one big happy place for me mm-hmm. because they just mean so freaking much to me. Uh, Alec Baldwin's The Shadow. Oh, I've yeah. never seen The Shadow. I haven't seen that. Am I missing out? You are missing out. Um, the Shadow is the movie that convinced Steven Spielberg that he could make Jurassic Park because oh, it was so ahead of its time in special effects. He was on set and saw them shooting this. There's a sequence. And if you've ever seen the trailer, it's the shot that ends the trailer. But of the shadow essentially like going up the staircase and becoming Alec Baldwin. That was where when Spielberg was there and he was like, oh, I think I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. So there's some precedence on like how important that movie actually ended up being for a lot of different reasons. So that's one of them for me. Uh, the Ip Man films with Donnie Yen because I love Ooh. martial arts movies, and White House Down. White House Down rules. Yes, White House, White House Down. Down rules. So is hard. Olympus has fallen for people that like nice things. <laughs> well, Olympus it actually... has fallen is like just trash, and not even like I can't get into that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I tried that. really hard, uh, but uh, Olymp- White have... House Down rules. Yeah, yeah we should have got we should have got two other White House Downs. And... We really should have. We really should have. And I watched Angel Has Fallen uh, recently. Yeah. And I was like, how did we get here? And it's arguably the best one in the series, but they're just not good. Like, I I just don't understand. Those movies genuinely need someone like Michael Bay. Right. Like someone who has no holds barred, regrets nothing. Is just like, what budget are you going to give me? Yes. You know, like just blow up everything. Is it going to be a little racist and, and like a little jinguistic? Absolutely. And there needs to be conversations to be had about that. But it will also be a Michael Bay movie. And you know what you're getting with that, too. So and it's I not excusing anything. I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between there really the is. rock and what that they are. 
No, there is, and it's weird because, like, I look back at his, at Olympus Has Fallen, and that movie is so racist and so badly directed mm-hmm. and just so poorly made, and it looks so cheap. It amazes me that that was the movie that did so much better than White House Down, which actually had, like, great character work and a budget and was fun as hell and had, like, much better leads. I don't know, man. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I think... I'll move on to some other tweets soon too, and and, and some of my stuff. But like I think right around then was like, Channing Tatum was trying to was being positioned as the it guy in the late two thousands, and then like mm-hmm. in the early twenty tens, he's like actually doing interesting shit like Magic Mike. You know, like he pitched that to Nicholas Winding Refn before Soderbergh, which is insane. So like right? he's got like taste, right? And then he does that, and it's like, oh, he's still trying to be the action guy, like whatever. But it's it, he's like really good in it too. <laughs> And yeah. 21 Jump Street, yada, yada, yada. It's crazy. It's very unfortunate it didn't work out. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a good one in that. Uh, another tweet uh, from friend of the show, at A.B. Allen. Just watched Solo, A Star Wars Story tonight. Very in need of a feel-good. And I'd say that it fit the bill perfectly. See also yeah. Emma, Mary Poppins, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, Christopher Robin, Little Women, the 1994 version, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. A lot of Scott Pilgrim. I think mm-hmm. I think we all... That, that yeah. movie's really found its audience. I mean, it it found its audience exactly the way we I think we all expected it to. It bombed at the box office, and yet here we are ten years later, and we all fucking love it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. I still haven't seen Mary Poppins. The original or the new uh, one? The original. I haven't huh? seen the new one either, but I'm I'm probably just gonna avoid that, like, because the director. But. Well, like... I'll say this: it's his best directed film, uh, like of the last decade. Okay. I mean, I, so I don't know how much... else he did this decade. I'm just like he did what fucking into stories. the woods. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh oh so, my god, he did Pirates Four. Yeah, and he did Pirates Four. This is 4. like the most expensive film ever made until Endgame. Pretty much. Oh my god. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyways, I'm looking forward to watching the original <laughs> Mary Poppins at some point. Um, oh, at the Talking Can, our our friend Andy Comer. Masters of the Universe, Singing in the Rain, Adventureland, 21. Sorry if these are traditional and I'm just dumb. Haha, you're not dumb, Andy. Uh, I didn't expect to see Singing in the Rain, though. Or Adventureland, to be honest. Like, Not that I don't Mm -hmm. dislike that movie, but what an odd choice. Just because that's such a weird little indie movie that kind of just came and went. And I love Adventureland. I I do, too. I love Adventureland. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would honestly put that as a happy place movie for me too. Uh, just to get into mind, then um, I have uh, the Pacific Rim I, I is a pretty Hell common yeah. watch for me. Uh, that's when I, I leave feeling better about people and like the world. It's like it's obviously it's a big monster mash robot rock and sock em, beat 'em up movie, but you know it's also a film about like people needing to come together for the greater good. And it, it's a very pro-science kaiju film, which I think a lot of the better kaiju films actually do very well. Uh, Gene brought up Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which has been very uh, much on repeat uh, at my house lately, because mm-hmm. um, I think that is one, very underrated, and two, another very pro-science, like science, pro-humanity film about like yeah. finding a way to live alongside nature you know like it's not uh, an accident that the the kaiju are born in like different environments across the globe but yeah it says eco-fascism is stupid yeah <laughs> and it's about climate change it's not subtle it's like Ghidorah fucking brings a monsoon whenever wherever mm-hmm. it goes it's, it's yep. 
got something on his mind. Fuck, whatever. Uh, at the horror kid says, 30 Days of Night, Scream, Resident Evil, Beetlejuice, Idle Hands, and Child's Play. Yeah, those are good. Uh, yeah. I just rewatched them the other night, actually. So that Which was one? one of my lists. Scream. Oh, I okay. just rewatched that one the other night. Um, I just was feeling the pool for it. I mean, I usually watch a shit ton of horror anyway. Like Halloween is another one. I think, mm-hmm. you know, talking about Carpenter. Mm-hmm. What a happy place movie. Yeah, oh, I yeah. felt I felt um, Idle Hands was uh, not as bad as people make it out to be. Is that uh, disappointing for you? I don't know. It was always like. I don't know. It always seemed very uh, seemed uh, it always seemed mocked. But I, I watched it last Halloween and I really enjoyed it with a group of friends. And yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I get it. Um, speaking of Carpenter, he he's his entire filmography uh, is kind of like a happy place yeah. for me. Like even his like yeah. lesser stuff. Uh, like even like Ghosts of Mars, which is like not good, but that movie is so fun. Holy mm-hmm. shit, it, it, it's really fun. Even Escape from LA, I've really grown to appreciate over uh, the time, and it has the greatest movie ending ever. <laughs> Can we just uh, talk about even... real quick? That's Andy's favorite of the two, too. Strange. It dry, it's crazy, <laughs> so weird. I know, but I love it. I, I love that. You know, I mean, I love it too, this. yeah. But just uh, it's weird to hear that because. I mean, Escape from New York is the pinnacle iconic film for a reason. And mm-hmm. Andy's over in the corner being like, but Escape from L.A. And it's like, <laughs> Andy, what are you doing? No, you saw know, that uh, surfing scene. Yeah. Kind of reveals. Uh, it's that, that scene is the shit, though, honestly. I, I, I love that scene. The um, even, even John Carpenter says, like, to this day, he's like, I'm waiting for that to get a Thing-style renaissance. Because he's convinced he made the superior movie with L.A. He's like, it's got <laughs> way more on its mind. Everything mm-hmm. is like thematically right. Like it's it's very much. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think he's like even blinded by it or anything like that. Like yeah. I I, I want to see it like he sees it. You know. I'll I'll say this. There's one superior aspect to the second movie that the first one just does not have, and that is the inclusion of Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, oh. as the the uh, Surgeon General Beverly yeah. Hills, I believe, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah amazing hilarious prosthetics in that uh oh yeah yeah you know what there you go escape from la just that, that'll be a little recommendation too mm-hmm. uh the, speaking of bruce campbell the evil dead films the and even ash versus evil dead to a point like okay you know Sam yeah Rainey, yeah I, I i completely roll with that and you know what let's talk about this then so now we're getting into like films that are not made to be feel good but make us feel good when we watch them what mm-hmm. do you think makes a feel-good film and why do you think certain films like these could bring us to a happy place uh gene first like what what, what makes a feel-good film and what kind of film like like blade runner to me is a mm-hmm. happy place movie even okay. though it is very much not a happy film it takes me to a happy place so why do you think that something like that is and what's a happy place movie to you well i feel like any film that really takes you out of the moment in terms of uh, what's going on in your life for uh, good times or bad times. Um, really, really defines a hap, you know, sort of a happy place movie. Um, you know, it could be br- really bringing it into the world of the film, or just kind of like bringing you back to when you like you first watched it. Um, when I first, you know, when I'm watching Last Crusade, I just think of uh, watching Last Crusade on uh, when I was like ten on Christmas, uh, getting the box DVD set. 
and just kind of seeing it for the first time and yeah it just kind of just takes me back takes my mind off of stuff um that's how it just, that's how i would describe it and, yeah oh i like that uh pj same question yeah it's weird because i mean i think stereotypically we look at feel-good movies as the ones that are a thing a lot of them like 90s romantic comedies or even 80s romantic comedies when you look at like you've got mail or say anything like movies like that are generally considered feel good movies because they leave you feeling like happy because everyone's happy in it. But I think that there's something more about the time and place of where you see something and how it affects you, because I can think of movies like Tron Legacy where it like completely changed my life and it became a happy place movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's a world that you're transported to. It takes you into a new direction. It puts you in a place where you feel euphoric and for like two and a half hours I get to forget about the stuff that's going on because sometimes the world just sucks. So I think it's about any movie that can transport you to a place where you forget about the stuff going on around you for just a little bit. You don't even get lost in your head thinking about things and you're just lost in the world. I think you both gave very good answers and I would agree with both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's what I, I get out of stuff like Carpenter films, even totally the, the, the escape duology, which I know we're just talking to death about, but like obviously are very uh, prescient to what's going on in the world yeah. at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think the mark of a lot of great art is that it ages very well. And unfortunately, those aged very well. Um, <laughs> More than we'd like to admit, I think. Yep. Yeah, that, that uh, Carpenter's <laughs> ahead of his time. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's Carpenter's funny because he's like he's got such a big fan base like even now like online and people are like oh some, a lot of those people are like take politics out of movies and he's like yeah I don't trust conservative governments <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even whatever whatever I got a whole thing about that um, more tweets at Bobby Fat Unbreakable Stranger Than Fiction dot 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 Transformers Age of Extinction no I can't explain it no <laughs> I mean, hey, man, it goes to what we were just talking about. If it takes you to a place that makes you happy, good for you. Yeah. Uh, at the con life, a friend of the show as well, just put a gif of Nicolas Cage saying, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, as it should be. <laughs> Got to get that uh, National Treasure 3 on Disney+. Plus. Oh, hell yeah. Hell I yeah. mean, isn't that happening? It sounds like it might be happening. I, I've heard a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes where they're like really pushing for it. Cause I know cage really wants to do it because okay. he's also, he's also talking about retiring. Oh. So I think it's one of those things where he's like, I really want to do what mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is doing where he might, he kind of wants to revisit stuff because there was a little bit, a couple of years ago where he was really pushing to do a sequel to Con Air also. And I don't know what kind of happened to that. And Con Air is another one for me. Like that's a happy place movie. Yeah. Um, I love that movie to death, and I would have loved to see what he had come up with for his sequel to Con Air. Yeah, yeah, something insane for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I I love Cage Cage's Mm -hmm. work, and I feel kind of bad because right now he's just—I mean, he's obviously doing like really interesting work, but a lot of it is just kind of like meme material, you know, like full Rage Cage kind of stuff. Like, God well, bless stuff like Mandy and Color Out of Space, which I finally saw and is fucking yeah, terrific. Yeah, um, he gets to give real performances in those. Yeah. Know? Well, that's what I was going to say is, like, have you seen Color Out of Space? Because I know that there's people who are definitely going to meme a certain portion of that movie, but that yeah. movie is fucking bonkers good. Like, yeah, it it's... terrified me in the best way. 
yeah i was i was feeling like really like oh man i felt like i had some bad uh bad weed after i watched that movie yeah. oh <laughs> yes yeah, every Agreed. everything was great except like that last shot where it's just kind of the last shot was kind of bothering me well, it's, it's still a little too soon to talk about that one i think because yeah. that one's going to be understand for a little while oh but, uh, we, we can talk about that another time because uh, yeah, no. I, I, I i that will be on my my favorites of the year list of uh six movies that came out and yeah, I've got 15 movies right now, and it's easily in the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, less. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, saw, at, uh, I saw at, 10 at, movies. They're all in the top 10. Oh. So 10 movies this year. <laughs> like, congrats to Bad Boys for Life for being one of the frontrunners for Best Picture. <laughs> hey, man, the fact that Bad Boys for Life right now is still the highest grossing film of the year brings oh. me so much joy, and yet it's because of such fucked up things. Yeah, yeah and or, like the embodiment uh, or, of that Matrix scene where where they're like not like this, yeah. not like this. Or uh, or Birds of Prey, everyone, uh, all the comic skate people talking shit. Well, yeah. it's like now it's the highest grossing comic book movie of yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. nerds, fucking nerds. And I mean, hey, that that'll probably go down as the best one, even if all the other ones come out. No disrespect yeah. to anything else coming out. Just Birds of Prey is really fucking good. Uh, yeah, one more it. tweet, really quick. Sure. Sorry, I can't get to everyone. There's a lot of responses, so thank you very much for that. We'll keep doing this. At Plebotamus, Josie and the Pussycats, Shaun of the Dead, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I love all of those except for Josie yeah. and the Pussycats because I haven't seen it. So oh. sorry about that, but I, I, was... I intend to. You know, Edgar Wright came up a few times. He's another one, like, as a filmmaker, I think most of his movies, we could all agree, they end up being a happy place along the way. Like, Shot of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver. They're all good, man. Yeah. And uh, his stuff is kind of like the inverse of what I get from Blade Runner. Like, I guess, just real quick, I'll give my little Blade Runner thing. Uh, I first saw that movie when I got out of surgery for uh, appendicitis. Oh my right? god! So like okay. I'm in wow. a hospital bed. Like it wasn't it wasn't like a risky operation or anything. Yeah, just take it out of you. But apparently it was close to like, you know, going off basically. Mm. And uh, I was you know on painkillers whatever. Like in the hospital bed, have my laptop. My my dad sets it up for me and like oh, I'm gonna go uh, get some water and stuff. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, I'm like coming in and out of consciousness and watching Blade Runner, and I felt like I was like in that that version of L.A. And now I just feel like that because of the way the world is. But, like, that one, like, literally transported me. And it probably was yeah. because of the hospital drugs. But every time I revisit it, it takes me right back to that moment where I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm, like, in this movie. Like, I, mean, I forget what's yeah. going on around me. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty accurate to where we are now. We just need, like, more more short robots. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's get a sequel to Blade Runner that's about overthrowing the systems of government and corporations that allowed that to get that bad. So I feel like also have that happen in real life. That feels like the animated series is like definitely oh, probably the, doing that. that anime, right. Yeah, that anime that still hasn't come out yet. Anyone anyone hear about that? Or no, they I, they I, just I, said that sounds good. Yeah, I think I was just reading something recently where they were like they'd already put almost all the work into it and someone's doing the score right now. Like mm. it's very well on its way to being finished. Okay. Nice. That's that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely one of the, the happy place movies for me. And I don't know, I guess, I guess that, that's kind of, I, I guess we can keep going, but I mean, that, that might be it for right now. I mean, uh, unless, unless we want to tackle anything else today or, or hype I mean, anything else up. I, I just love 
seeing all these different lists and different things because like look at all this different stuff that people love there's something to be said about what that can do to you and like how certain movies really do impact you like i could never explain to anyone why age of extinction would make them feel that way but i mean <laughs> that's the magic of cinema though right like yeah. you yeah. can't it, you can't explain it it's just funny to me like you hear that and it's like oh wow like you forget that sometimes someone actually likes a movie that you just genuinely don't yeah. Oh, you know what? Here, I guess that's what I want to uh, leave myself saying mm-hmm. off. Um, like with Blade Runner, it's a slower film that I could lose myself in. I do like the Edgar Wright stuff too, the more zippy zappy stuff. Maybe that's why King of the Monsters has been such like uh, like been on repeat basically around here. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's like animated stuff like Bradley Falls. I've been rewatching a lot of because that, that show is yeah. just like a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you're almost nostalgic for like something you don't even like. You're not even personally familiar with that's how good that show is it like makes you think of like childhood and you're like my childhood wasn't like this at all but <laughs> take me back somewhere and then you know I, I like my andre tarkovsky too i like watching stalker for three and a half years or however long that movie is and just losing myself in a story about three men who are trying to find some semblance of purpose in this weird little space in soviet russia <laughs> Uh, and it's 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 terrific. Movies can do everything. It can be flashy. They can be fast. They can bring you happiness. They can bring you sadness. They can take you away from all this nonsense for a couple hours. And uh, I, I greatly appreciate them. So uh, thank you both for joining me on this episode of The Hangouts. Uh, PJ, why don't you go ahead and let the people know where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PJ underscore Campbell. You can find me podcasting over at the PJ Campbell Network on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, you know, wherever podcasts are sold, you can find it. And if you are looking for something to binge, you could always check out the movie Trivia Schmodown. I am the head writer for that show. And, you know, give it some love on YouTube. Thanks, guys. And, you know, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's always good to talk to you, man. It's good to yeah, hear from you. I freaking miss you guys, man. Yeah, yeah I miss you too. Gotta throw, I'm, uh, I, like, I'm, I'm emptying my bank account once this is all over, and I'm just going to travel for like months. So I'm heading yeah. down to Arizona the moment we can like not die and leave yeah, the house. Yeah, you. Bring some drinks. Oh, oh dude, don't worry. We got some drinks. <laughs> I got a cabana in the backyard. We'll make it happen. All right. Oh, yes. So, yeah. And uh, Gene, why don't you go ahead and let the people know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Patreon. Again, where you can listen to the Thing commentary a little earlier than everyone else. Check out the rest of the retrospective stuff we're doing. Uh, we're going to be doing episodes more frequently just because we'll be able to finally do that. And uh, we'll have on more guests. We'll have on more fun topics. And we're going to pull out all the stops to make this as as enjoyable and pleasurable as we possibly can. I know it's not much, but it's, it's our little way of giving back to, to everyone who stuck with us through the year. So yeah. thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands, stay inside if you can. And we have been professionally unprofessional. professional.